Clayton White's Gamecock defense struggled against the run when they played the Vanderbilt Commodores this past weekend. And they'll have to make their adjustments in a hurry because they'll be facing a different kind of test in terms of Florida's ground game this upcoming weekend. Our Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for daily headlines and potential storylines on your favorite South Carolina Gamecock sports teams. I'm your host, Andrew Line, and as always, thank you for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first watch or listen every day. We are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts daily. And on today's show, we're going to give a quick preview of South Carolina's first matchup under Lamont Paris against the South Carolina State Bulldogs. It has been a highly anticipated debut within South Carolina's fan base, and they're going to finally get to see Lamont Paris' inaugural Gamecock squad take the floor in the Colonial Live Arena later this evening. And with the season now upon us, I'm going to also have an interview that I'm going to be doing with Sports Illustrated's Jason Jordan later on, where we're going to be talking about what the expectations are going to be nationally for GG Jackson, and also the latest on recruitment for a local product and how GG Jackson could end up playing a role in said recruitment. But before we touch on all of that, South Carolina's football team is obviously going to be playing another big-time road matchup this upcoming weekend when they take on the Florida Gators. And the Gators are coming off one of their bigger wins this season as they knocked off the Texas A&M Aggies 41-24 this past weekend in College Station. And so I've already begun the process of going back and looking at the Florida Gators team much more closely to see what it is that they try to do on both sides of the ball. On today's show, we're going to talk about Florida's offense. Now, with Florida's offense, if there's one overall message that you take away from today's show, it should be this. Florida prioritizes their running game to the point where they are going to stay stubborn with it. So basically, if Florida does throw the ball on first down, they're probably going to run the ball on second down. If Florida runs the ball on first down and gets a ton of yards, then they are probably going to be more than likely sticking with the ground game on the very next play. In the game I watched where the Gators took on the Tennessee Volunteers on the road, there was even multiple instances where the Gators went for it on third and seven or more, which is something that you don't see a lot of modern-day football offenses do. And the thing is, with Florida and how they get their rushing yards accumulated throughout the course of these ball games. In my opinion, Florida gets these rushing yards more so through the scheming that the offensive coaching staff does, not just due to the talent that they have on the offensive side of the ball. And they definitely got some studs back there in the offensive backfield and under center with Anthony Richardson. But this coaching staff, in my opinion, is a big reason why, because of the few things that they do in order to set themselves up before the snap. And we'll touch on that in just a couple of moments. But 
Needless to say, the defensive line and linebackers are going to have to bring it this week because if they thought that, again, Vanderbilt was a challenge last weekend, they haven't seen anything yet with what Florida likes to do offensively. Florida will run some run-pass options to try to sucker in the linebacker core because of how much they try to run the football. The hope that those guys are going to kind of come into the box a little bit more and then maybe they can dump off the ball on a slant route right behind them or maybe they'll throw even a tunnel screen over to the edge because they're going to be assuming that you're in man coverage which sets them up better to run some screens where they're going to have some one-on-one blocking opportunities and they can get their athletes in space. They will also run some wide trap read option where basically they'll have a tight end lined up offset with the offensive line, and that tight end will pull from that side all the way to the other side and be a kickout blocker for quarterback Anthony Richardson. That's simply the difference between a regular read option and a wide trap read option. The Gators will also run some play action in their offense as well, which will include some high, mid, low concepts, basically meaning, you know, in simple terms, they'll have one short passing option, one intermediate passing option, and one deep passing option to try to stretch the defense on all three levels. So the Gators build everything off of their rushing attack. Now, in terms of their favorite set and formation combo, they run a lot of 12 personnel. So they like to incorporate tight ends in this offensive scheme. They will use tight ends a lot of the time as a just straight up blocker in line with their offensive line. Now, the one downside to their tight end unit is the fact that a couple of those guys have been converted from wide receiver to tight end. So they're not exactly tight ends by trade. So if you can catch certain guys in certain spots, the defensive line can blow on right past them or at least drive them back into the backfield and really muck things up for the Gators offense. In terms of what they do pre-snap, the Gators will run some tempo, especially when they see some success on offense, such as getting a first down and off of big passing plays as well. They'll do this, of course, to, again, just simply try to catch the defense off guard, get lined up, and try to get some more yards right afterward. They will also motion different guys to different spots on the field that will completely change the look that they're giving to the opponent. In essence, Florida's not run a bunch of motion that they necessarily work their plays off of. They pretty much run motion either just to see what kind of coverage you're running on defense or to pretty much just try and change up the play basically and sort of see how you respond or audible to the change in the formation or set. In terms of their blocking scheme, Florida will run both some gap and zone run blocking schemes. So there'll be times where they will try to pretty much just open up one particular gap on the field or they'll just have their entire offensive line work one direction and let their athletes in the backfield do all the rest. So speaking of athletes, let's talk about the guys that make the plays in the backfield for the Gators. Starting off with quarterback Anthony Richardson. Now Richardson can throw the ball quite well on the run. Make no mistake, this guy is not just a runner that's posing as a quarterback. Anthony Richardson has a really solid arm. Now, he understands that he's got a lot of talent, and he sometimes trusts his arm a little bit much when he is sitting back in the pocket and he's under pressure because he's not afraid to throw the football when he is off balance, whether maybe he's got one foot off the ground or maybe he even jumps in the air a little bit doing like a little mini hop and tries to zip the ball to his intended target. It does not always, of course, end up turning into a negative play for Richardson because of the talent that he possesses, but he can be a little bit overly reliant on the bazooka that he has 
for an arm. But the thing that I am impressed with with Anthony Richardson is he will not always automatically look to run in the face of initial pressure. And I think that that points to just how well coached he is by Billy Napier and that offensive staff, considering where he was heading into this season with his lack of starting experience. In terms of the skill positions, Florida's got a couple guys at wide receiver that I think you'll need to watch for on Saturday. Justin Shorter, in my eyes, is a much better receiver this year. He's no longer just a big possession type threat. He is a guy that, from what I could tell, he looks a little bit quicker. I think that he is a much better route runner, and he's someone that can beat guys that are in bump and run coverage on the line of scrimmage. He is their best wide receiver in my eyes. Xavier Henderson, Number three for the Gators at wideout. He is probably the toughest guy to tackle. You have got to wrap up and use all your fundamentals if you want to bring down Xavier Henderson. Their offensive line overall is a pretty big mixed bag. They got certain guys that play pretty well, like right guard Osiris Torrance, but they've also got some struggles that they have at times in pass protection, specifically on both edges, which is, of course, the last two spots that you want to struggle in terms of that department. Right tackle Austin Barber, I think, is a redshirt freshman, so he's still kind of growing and learning on how to play SEC football. And the Tennessee game, at least, it showed in a big way. So Jordan Birch, you ought to be licking your chops for this one-on-one matchup this weekend. Left tackle Richard Gouriage, I think is how you pronounce the last name. He can be driven back off the ball in a big way. So Gilbert Edmond, utilize that speed. Have some violent punches that you give to his chest. Not, of course, actual punches, but, you know, just deliver a pretty solid blow to that AC joint on his left side. And you'll find yourself having a chance to get to Anthony Richardson more often than not in this game on Saturday. So Florida, again, they're going to really try and build the entirety of the offense off the ground game. If the ground game is not successful, then you pretty much won the majority of the battle. At that point, the only other goal that the defense should have is to not let number 15 take over the football game in one way or another. So South Carolina, communication is going to be a big key. The linebackers are going to be the unit that probably decides the fate of South Carolina on the defensive side of the ball on Saturday afternoon when they play in the Swamp. Now, of course, they're not the only team that is going to be playing in the next few days as South Carolina's men's basketball team under Lamont Paris is actually going to be starting off the 2022 through 23 season later tonight when they take on the South Carolina State Bulldogs. And we're going to touch on all of that in just a few moments. But before we do get into all of that, let's talk about this week's thrilling moment in college football, which is brought to you by our friends over at Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers in vehicles that are as capable as the drivers themselves. With this week's thrilling moment, I got to go with Spencer Rattler's touchdown pass to Josh Fan late in the first half, which was great for so many reasons. Because you look at it from Spencer Rattler's standpoint, it encapsulates what Spencer Rattler does best, making throws on the run. Because he was pressured from his left side, the pocket collapsed a little bit, he rolled out to his right, veered towards the sideline, never took his eyes off the area down the field, and he found Josh Van the back of the end zone, trusted his arm, threw the ball up perfectly to where only Josh Van could go up, pinpoint the ball in the air and catch it, brought it inbounds for a touchdown. It was Josh Van's first receiving touchdown on the season, which again, I know a lot of you are going to shake your heads at that, but the point is 
Josh Van finally had a big play in one of these games that came through for him and his teammates. If you if you follow South Carolina's football Twitter account, it was just so great to see the reaction from his teammates. You could just tell how much those guys really just love the fact that Josh Van got a moment like that in this game. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. Welcome back to today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. All right, so let's transition from the football side of things to men's basketball. As the South Carolina Gamecocks are starting off their season later tonight against the South Carolina State Bulldogs. The game is at home at the Colonial Life Arena and is set to tip off at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The game will be televised on the SEC Network for those of you who are maybe unable to make it out to the game. So you will be able to watch it on TV if that is the case. When looking at South Carolina State, South Carolina State was an okay team last season. They went 15-16 and 16 overall. But South Carolina State finds themselves in a real tricky spot in terms of what they are returning from last year's team, kind of like South Carolina. The Gamecocks, I believe, only returned four or five players from last year's squad. South Carolina State has only returned four lettermen from last year's team. And I do believe they're also under a new head coach as well. So kind of like South Carolina, the Bulldogs are going to probably be going through some major growing pains early on in their season. Now, before I get into how I think the game's going to play out, give you all a quick prediction with this contest, I have two questions that I will have coming into this contest. The first one's going to be, how will the front court rotation look? I talked about this after Garnet and Black Madness took place a while back. South Carolina trotted out a couple different looks or a couple different lineups for that front court. Benjamin Bosman's for Donk, the Illinois transfer, I would assume he is probably going to be a fixture in the starting lineup at one spot or another, maybe the four or the five. Gigi Jackson, he'll probably be the other guy that's going to be starting as well. I mean, let's be honest. He was the number one recruit for the 2023 class. He's not going to be sitting on the bench, right? So Gigi Jackson will also be starting more than likely. Behind those guys is where I'm going to be really interested to see how things play out. Because if Benjamin Bosman's for Donk is starting at the five, then it's a guarantee that Josh Gray is going to be the second guy coming off the bench for that particular spot. The four spot is where things get interesting. Between Javon Benson and Daniel Hankins Sanford, you know, which one of those guys sort of gets the first crack in that rotational group? Lamont Paris has talked about. Daniel Hankins Sanford a couple times now with the media, and it's clear he really likes the potential of Daniel Hankins Sanford. He likes the effort that he brings. He likes the physicality that he brings, and he thinks that it is a great foundational piece for him to maybe, you know, mold him and build him in what he wants him to be in the system that he wants to employ here at South Carolina. Javon Benson, obviously, he owns the experience advantage over Daniel Hankins Sanford. He's been in the program now going into his third season. So, you know, at what point is Javon Benson going to maybe be a meaningful contributor really for this team? It could, of course, be this year. Both guys have shown flashes in the scrimmages that they have played up to this point. So it'll be interesting to see how all of that is going to play 
out later this evening. And my second and last question for this season opener for Lamont Paris' squad will be, if someone other than Michi Johnson emerges as an offensive threat early and often. Now, of course, I'm not at all trying to say that I don't think Gigi has that potential. I definitely think he does. Chico Carr's got a nice little three-point shot. Jacoby Wright can do some nice things. All the guys at least have one or two tools in their toolbox. But in terms of being an all-around player on the offensive end, both being able to shoot the ball and create their own shot, in my honest opinion, Gigi Jackson possesses that potential. He just needs to show it consistently now against tougher competition. Michi Johnson, however, is the only guy right now that really showcases that kind of ability consistently throughout a game. At least, again, from the little bit I've seen so far in both Garden Black Madness and their scrimmage against Mars Hill. So, you know, Michi Johnson, obviously... It's great that he can do all that, but he cannot be the only player. Someone else is going to have to step up in that regard. And maybe it doesn't have to be in game one against South Carolina State. But of course, you never want to put a deadline on this kind of stuff where you're like, yeah, you know, I can wait till about January 20th before one of you guys steps up on the offensive end and really can create your own shot. I don't think Lamont, of course, is going to be in that kind of mode. I think he's going to want to see early and often, you know, who are some guys that he can rely on to maybe do that same sort of thing. So that's going to be something that I'm going to be paying attention to throughout the course of this game because the other storyline to pay attention to before this game tips off. Hayden Brown, at least as of this recording, his status is still up in the air for this game. He has been dinged up for, you know, the scrimmages the Gamecocks have played up to this point. Again, their intra-squad scrimmage at Garden Black Madness and then their exhibition game against Mars Hill. Now, he was warming up, I should say, against Mars Hill, which in my opinion, of course, is a good sign, but Hayden Brown still did not play in that game. So, it's going to be interesting to see if he will be going out there with the team, and if he doesn't, you know, Hayden Brown's expected to be a big-time leader and a glue guy for this team. How's the team going to respond? Michi Johnson obviously will step up in that regard, but again, it can't all fall on Michi, especially if Hayden Brown cannot play. So that is going to be another interesting storyline to watch if Hayden Brown doesn't indeed suit up for the Gamecocks later tonight. Now, in a few moments, I'm going to talk about Gigi Jackson, what the expectations might be nationally for him, and sort of how that's affecting some of South Carolina's future recruiting battles. And I'm going to be talking about all this with Sports Illustrated's Jason Jordan, the Director of Basketball Recruiting for Sports Illustrated, in just a few moments. But first, real quickly, here are the odds that have been released by Bet Online on South Carolina's matchup against the South Carolina State Bulldogs. The Gamecocks are a 24 Point favorite according to Bet Online, and the over under for the game is set at 139 and a half points. My quick prediction for this game I do think that South Carolina is going to win based on South Carolina State's lack of returning production or letterman from last year's squad, but I do think the Bulldogs are going to cover. Because I don't think this is going to be a perfect game by any means for South Carolina. I think there will be times where it will be ugly on the offensive end. So, because of all that, I would also take the under on the 139.5 points. So, those are the odds and what my thoughts are for this game. Now, if you want to look into all of this and more even further, I highly recommend that you go and check out our friends over at Bet Online because they are your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season, y'all. We have finally made it. 
as it has started this week in the college ranks. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, and analysis on every game you can find. BetOnline is also your continued source for all of your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute score updates for every sport out there. They're the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including mixed martial arts, boxing, and golf. So head on over to BetOnline on your personal laptop or use your mobile device to learn more because BetOnline is where the game starts. Welcome back to this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast where we cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. And Gamecock Nation, for the first time ever on Locked On Gamecocks, I'm pleased to be joined by Jason Jordan, the Director of Basketball Recruiting for Sports Illustrated. Jason, appreciate you coming on the show today. Oh, absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. Yep, and it's going to be a big night for South Carolina's men's basketball team as we are ushering in a new era here in Columbia, South Carolina. Lamont Paris and his inaugural Gamecock team will be taking the floor later against the South Carolina State Bulldogs. And of course, there's going to be a lot of eyes on how this team is going to do throughout the season for differing reasons. But before we get into all that, I do want to let y'all know that today's segment is brought to you by LinkedIn, the official recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash College. Once again, that's LinkedIn.com slash College to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Now, Jason, obviously the biggest storyline with this team heading into this year is someone that's already on campus in GG Jackson. Obviously, this was a huge developing story in the world of college basketball recruiting this year because he reclassified from the 2023 class to the 2022 class. He was at one point a commit to that team up north and, of course, decommitted and wound up committing to South Carolina back in July. So, Jason, as you being a representative maybe for the rest of college basketball, what are the nation's expectations for G.G. Jackson this season? Well, I can tell you, um, I, I'm sure you know your fan base is uh, he's going to average 50 points a game, 20 rebounds, you know, things like that. I think uh, by and large, um, the expectation is for him to be dominant. Um, you know, w- what that looks like, how we get there, um, those are different nuances for coach. But, you know, I, I think that the the general consensus expectation <laughs> is for him to put up dominant numbers and, you know, keep you guys in the hunt. You know, well, you know, from a fan standpoint. Now, from a national standpoint, you know, on paper, that, that's going to be challenging, right? Um, but, you know, I mean, he's – I've watched him for years and I know uh, his capabilities and I I know, you know, that I know that he's an NBA talent. Right. So, um, you know, if ever there were a a recruit, it's probably going to be the recruit that you guys are the most excited about on the hardwood. So the expectation for sure is for him to once again, put up dominant numbers just to, you know, put it bluntly. Yeah, and Gigi Jackson, of course, you know, in the scrimmages the Gamecocks have played up to this point, from what I've seen in person, he has put up a lot of shots. This is obviously a kid that, you know, can shoot the ball from different areas of the floor. He can shoot the three-point ball. He can also 
do some step backs in the mid-range, and he could also drive from the baseline all the way to the rack. Gigi Jackson, of course, is going to have a lot of expectations on him being a hometown kid. Of course, my biggest question is how long is it going to take for him to adjust to the college game in terms of his physique? He's six foot nine, but he doesn't have a whole lot of meat on those bones compared to some of the other guys in the SEC that he will have to face at some point. Now, moving on to some future recruits, Jason. There's another talented prospect locally here in 2024 shooting guard, Cam Scott. Now, Cam Scott took an official visit to South Carolina back on October 22nd. He's taken a couple of unofficials to sort of just take in the environment of the university at a couple of football games so far this season. And the Gamecocks seem to have some legitimate traction here. So, Jason, knowing that Cam Scott is a national-level prospect with some of these other blue bloods that are going after him right now, what's the latest that you're hearing on Cam Scott? Well, I think he's going to go through the process 24 kid he has he's going to duke uh, at the end of the month um i think he may even be going to auburn this weekend so i know he's visited you guys in uh texas and um i think there's another one but you know i know, I know that he's going to go on his visits um you know i've heard that pretty consistently i don't think he's gonna pop up and say i'm committed you know have the have the edit and you know all the videos and stuff i, th- I think right. he's gonna go through the process because you know he warrants that and you know and then in the world we live in now where it's all about marketing, you, you want to pull in fan bases from, you know, you want to take it slow road a little bit, a little bit, depending on who you are. So um, I do, I, you know, I have heard that you guys have a, you know, really have good, strong traction. You also have a lot of um, real, real, real competition, you know, (laughs) Uh, real heavyweight. So it won't be, it won't be easy, obviously. um, But, now that you've landed an NBA level talent, it goes back to that question too. You know, um, what are people expecting? Well, not only fans and, you know, college basketball uh, fans and, you know, stuff like that, but recruits will be watching too to see, you know, <clears throat> so the expectation for Gigi going back to that and I relate it to this. Um, you got another elite guy like Cam. So that if you think they're not watching close and you are sadly mistaken. Because right. they are watching to see. Here's the thing. That, yeah, they want to. This is the part people won't tell you. Yeah, they want to win. You know, they want to, you know, they want to get the march and, you know, um, hear one shiny moment. Yeah, they want all that. But they want to be success. They want to be producing. They want to be in an, a system where they can produce and, and get shots, you know, all within the system. I don't think they just want to go um, vintage Kobe on us. But um, I think they, they, you know, they want to, they want to get their shot. So they're going to be looking and seeing, because I know they're selling, hey, watch Gigi. You see what Gigi, that's going to be the sale. He's looking at Gigi. Look at Gigi, you know. Right. So I'm going to look and see if they really do that. I'm going to ask Gigi on my visit, you know, Gigi, did they, you know, is this really a place I can come and win? And you need, you need him to be selling you, you know, and then back channel conversations, you know, you need this. The coaches won't say this, but you need Gigi to be happy. You need him to be happy because this is a real, it's a real important uh, homework assignment. It's a real important uh, project that mm-hmm. we're working on. And we need to knock this out the park. And they know that. They know that. Um, but and that's the, the but you have to find the perfect balance because everybody else is going to be looking at, man, are you really folding to this kid? But he needs, this is, this is big. Like he needs Gigi to put up the numbers somewhere close to the numbers that he's expected to put up. Um, is that fair? No, of course not. And he's a teenage kid, you know, 
Um, like you said, he's got some, he's got, I mean, he's got, that's not the only curve, just strength. I mean, you know, I mean, Gigi isn't the greatest perimeter shooter in the world, but he launches them. <laughs> so it's going to be, you know, that, that's different. That's just going to be a different learning curve. And then, you know, you lose your top three scores. So, you know, if I'm an opposing coach, I'm like, okay, cool. I got a whole week to plan for this freshman teenager who's still learning the game. Um, I'm, I'm going to pull my whole defensive scheme into stopping him. That's different from going to a traveling all-star team like that school that we won't talk about that he was going to um, where he could just kind of hide. This is completely 180 different. Now they can really plan for you and how we can expose your deficiencies and stuff like that. And even defensively, I mean, the biggest hurdle for freshmen is defensive rotations and defensive principles and things like that. And you've probably seen him in the scrimmage be lost out there. And that's not a knock to him. I mean, Derek Lively is going to be lost at Duke. He was the number one player in the country. I think Nick Smith will be lost at times at Arkansas, top guard in the country. So um, these are all things that are normal um, and they organically come up. Um, but, you know, this is not a fair world. So we don't care about none of that as fans. Forget all that. Did he drop 30 or did he not drop 30? You know, that, and that's all that matters. So two fans and two, and honestly, public opinion matters. It just does. It's just the world we live in. So um, at the end of the day, he's going to need to put up numbers. He's going to need to put up numbers for guys like Cam to be like, okay, okay. All right, I like what I saw there. You know, they can't fumble the bag. Can't fumble the bag. Right, and it's certainly a unique opportunity for Lamont Paris because, Jason, in your career, I don't know if there's ever been a first-year head coach in Lamont's shoes that has had an opportunity like this to get a player of Gigi's caliber to where, you know, he can use that to propel his uh, image of what he wants South Carolina basketball to be in the future to all of these blue-chip prospects. So certainly something that Gamecock fans and the rest of college basketball will be watching from this point forward jason really appreciate you coming on the show today and giving us your time and insight absolutely man look forward to coming back all right folks that is jason jordan from sports illustrated the director of basketball recruiting if you want to get more information on the world of college basketball recruiting you can go and check out jason over on twitter at jason jordan si obviously he covers a lot of different programs so be sure to go check him out on social media if you're interested in looking to any of that any further but with that being said y'all that's going to do it for today's show of the locked on gamecocks podcast i hope that y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show and my interview with jason jordan what were your thoughts on what he had to say what do you think the overall expectations and maybe end goal should be for lamont paris and this coaching staff for their inaugural basketball team here at South Carolina. How do you think South Carolina is going to fare against South Carolina State later tonight? Do you think that the Gamecocks will pull away, or do you think it's going to be a little bit sloppy at times? And also, what are your thoughts on Florida's offense? How much of a challenge do you think it's going to be for South Carolina to stop the Gators' rushing attack? I want to hear all of y'all's thoughts, as always, down below in the comments section if you're watching today's show on YouTube. And, of course, you can also shoot me a message on Twitter at A-Line underscore SC. And I'll be sure to respond to any replies or comments that you send my way as quickly as I see it. And I once again want to thank y'all for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first listen today. Now, for your next listen, I would like for y'all to go check out Locked On Sports Today, where the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day all take place. The Locked On Sports Today podcast is available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, 
and wherever you get your podcasts daily. But once again, y'all, that does it for you on today's show. I hope that y'all have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I'll catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.